Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon in Nashville. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Ovec. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled to death that you are listening to our show tonight. Tony is busy writing, so he couldn't do his <laughs> thing, which is, that really made me sad right there. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, we've got a great show tonight. Uh, we've got pedal in hand, and pedals in hand, and we've That's got right. um, a, a guest that we are very excited to talk to. Uh, guest, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. My name is Andon Whitehorn. I am the person behind Lantern Manufacturing. Lantern Manufacturing. Indeed. Um, I wonder, do you get a lot of calls about making lanterns and stuff? Yeah. No, I, that was, uh, I did have a, a situation though, uh, a couple weeks ago, almost two weeks ago, we had a pretty fun storm here in Richmond and the winds, uh, and rain had like knocked out the power. And so my wife and I are going through the house, no lights on, finding the flashlight and, you know, just in total darkness for hours. And she's like, if only you actually manufactured lanterns, this would be a uh, <laughs> a, a viable a business for this time of day. So, yeah. Now, I detected, you know, when we were talking earlier, there's a little bit of Oklahoma slipped out, but you just said my wife, which my uh, wife, you, you dropped the you dropped the Y and substituted. Uh, like a an A and a little H, uh, yep. which uh, which there's like a little tiny Y in there, um, so that's interesting. And did you have you noticed how your how's your like uh, accent has shifted? Are people confused by you? Like you sound not, like us, but not like us. Not so much. Uh, well, it depends. Uh, maybe. Because you're in Richmond, in. Virginia. I'm in Richmond, Virginia right now. Yes. So a couple drinks in, maybe start sounding a little different. Start saying y'all <laughs> more, yeah. which I'd say anyway, yeah. uh, or ain't. You know, a bunch of words that I know better not to, but I still do. But Oklahoma City, weirdly enough, is I think it's a if you look on like a a map of yeah. like uh, accents or dialects or whatever, Oklahoma City is actually kind of an island where there isn't necessarily one. Now, if you move like north, south, east, or west of there, you'll find a lot more of it. But it's kind of a weird non-thing but like anything you hear is just like picking up from having lived there for like 30 years so interesting yeah uh you know you are one of several people that we've had from the uh central east border uh the virginia uh the, the virginia west virginia uh carolinas all that whole area uh recently i don't know what it is i and and when i say recently i've also been scheduling people to come on the show that are from around those areas too so um yeah we're, we're spending a lot of i feel like we're spending a lot of time over in that area the mid-eastern seaboard it's nice to be in the same time zone yeah um do you consider yourself in the seaboard uh i mean technically yeah we're close enough i mean we're like an hour from the ocean depending on you know which you know part of the ocean you want to see right uh hour from the, the, the wet part what have you the wet part yeah uh <laughs> the deep part how, how much yeah the deep how, how deep <laughs> you want to get. uh okay i mean okay. yeah in the before this i was you know working in restaurants in the last place i was at uh for four years but essentially since we'd moved here 
uh, was a seafood focused restaurant. So I definitely. Well, that's convenient. Yeah, it is convenient. And that's also like my background in cooking is in seafood and sushi. So that it was just a a very nice fit. Nice. Not bad. Worked well. Uh, Before Jerry gets all excited because we're talking about, uh, you know, food and stuff. Let's Mm -hmm. get back to our uh, show about (laughs) gear. Um, Like I said, we've got a great show. Uh, Now, for those who are not familiar with Lantern Manufacturing, where can people go to find out more about what you do? Uh, so you can go on uh, my only social media really is Instagram. I'm on YouTube under Lantern Manufacturing, but that's mainly just for posting uh, demos. Pretty much any video you see on like Instagram, you're going to see on YouTube as well. Just kind of the same thing. Uh, but both are at Lantern Manufacturing if you're using the at sign. Otherwise, uh, website is Lantern MFG for manufacturing. Uh, so lanternmfg.com uh, or bigcartel.com slash lanternmfg. Gotcha. So gotcha. It just, it, it redirects either way. So. Okay. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to find all about, find out about, uh, find out all about, pick whichever one you want. <laughs> oh, I'm on, I'm on threads too. I don't know if anyone saw oh, that, but uh, well, I signed up for that, you know. Yeah, we, we just uh, had a conversation about threads uh, recently. <laughs> um, anyways, we've we've spent our time there. Um, but if you you know want to go see the, a post over there, you can go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think I've, I think I've re- replied to someone's post on there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, anyways, okay, onward and upward. Announcements. Announcements. I think we got a we got a, a kind of handful of them tonight, Tony. Oh well, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, myself. Oh well, we got go. two handfuls of announcements. We, we got a, 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 a proverbial bushel. Yes. Okay, you go ahead. You do yours. Okay, I'm going to do mine first. All right. This is actually kind of by the time this airs. We will have been enjoying company with our friends at the Fall 2023 Petals and Pints. Yes. Held here locally at a uh, brewery. Yes, it's a traveling brewery pedal show. Yes, and guitars this time. And guitars. Because this time... uh, My boy. Uh, our our good friend Chase Gullet, yeah, as well as Clifton Guitar Works is going to be there too. Yes, and uh, gosh, I mean the 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 participant growing. The participant list looked like a guest list on the guitar knobs. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, I most mean, most of them have been on. Yeah, we had Rare Buzz, Malays Forever, Native Audio, Occult FX, Zero G, IOD, and many more. Yes, Stompbox Parts is going to be there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, what? Who else? Um, well, Thimble Wasp. They're part, oh, Thimble they're, Wasp. They're yeah. pretty much putting it on. Yeah, that's right. Thimble Wasp. Thank is, you to Thimble actually... Wasp for for making that happen around here. I think it's a fantastic event. Uh, we had a great turnout last time, and really anxious to see some people. And we're going to have some, I think, some very cool things happening there that I can't really mention. Oh, yeah. That's very nice. So, uh, yes, that will have come and passed by. It will come and pass, but I think it's 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 honorable and notable that these folks put this together. Yes, second show right here in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. There you go at beautiful Columbus, Ohio breweries. It's good for you. <laughs> it's like soup. It's good for you. It's like soup. It's good and it's good for you. Um, it's like cold soup. All right, uh, Jared, I'm going to do one because I have two, and then you can jump in and we'll make a my announcement sandwich. Okay, how about that? How about yeah, have at it. Yeah, have a how about how about uh, how about how about it? 
So we recently had an episode, uh, I believe, well, it was like two or three, but anyways, we talked about the satanic panic uh, that happened in the 80s. You know, all the talk shows, were, all the parents on the talk shows with Donahue and everybody were Dipper scared Gore. to death, and Sally Jesse Raphael was wagging her fingers at all the <laughs> evil heavy metal people. Um, and uh, I actually received, we asked for feedback and we received a whole bunch um and i will say unanimously uh and these uh we we got a, a some of the same but i got a i got a note from matt hall uh and as as well as um aaron a-i-a-r-i-n uh aaron h and they they both voted for hellbent for leather ah, um, and they're like yeah. obviously uh and and uh, aaron said uh the beginning of the podcast, you were talking about the Satanic Panic pay- playlist and Judas Priest and asking what Priest songs, yada, yada. Uh, I would add the quintessential Another Thing Coming. Mm. And mm. and then he said the, the Hellbent for Letters. So thank you to yeah. to um, to Matt and, uh, and and Aaron. Those were like two of the first ones in on that. So, I, you know, we, we got a, a lot of people voted for those two, which, uh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That deserves to be in there. I still say Judas Priest is not a satanic band. None of them are. That was the whole there point. That was the kind of ridiculous point. Not mm. not even at that stage that they weren't. <laughs> I mean, it was like pre-real satanic stuff. <laughs> you know, like, like Venom and stuff like that. That was like Venom scary music. Mm, scary anyways, stuff. Um, anyways, Jared, go ahead. Okay, if uh, you want to go see your old buddy Jared talk about some pickups, uh, go to Sweetwater, and I'm in the video somewhere talking about Gibson pickups. Nice. So, what, did you say nice fun. things about Gibson pickups? I yeah, of course. <laughs> I was selling them on the show. Nice. Well, I mean, talking about I them with Don Carr. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a really good time, and and uh, you did a good job a, on that. Oh, you saw it? Nice. Yeah. They they uh they have a heck of a facility over at Sweetwater. So if you're ever driving through there or Did you see your cousin near there. Uh my niece. Your and niece. she was actually in Columbus in Ohio when I was there. Oh, that's right, that's right. Which was weird. But yeah. She planned but, it uh, that way. It, that was my second time there. It, they it's an amazing place, so check it out. Yeah. Tony, we should go up there. We still haven't been there. Yeah, it's a quick drive. Absolutely. Yeah, a couple of hours. Um, <laughs> Two that's hours. all I had. The other stuff I'll do during the thing uh, of the week. Or the other thing. We could pick up Mikey along the way. Yeah. Drop exactly. him off at the 7-Eleven. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, I also want to just do a quick shout out. Uh, I had a really nice conversation with a chap down under uh, in Australia. Uh, I think Victoria, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Don't throw rocks at me about that, um, Bruno. It's Bruno Lobau, and uh, we had it. We just had a you know nice conversation over the over the uh, Instagram internets, and he said, uh, you know, the podcast makes my day. I drive a lot for work, visiting clients, and have listened to all the back catalog. I wait for it every week to come out and save it to my longest trip in the car. Your laugh makes me laugh so bad. 
so badly. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe, he might have been searing this. I'm not really sure. Um, amazing bunch of dudes you are. Well, man, I love that. Thank you so much. Uh, and he also shared his band. His band is called Fire Glow. Oh. Uh, so go check that out on Do they play Rick and Backers? Uh, he does. He ah, plays a Rickenbacker bass. Is it a, is it a fire glow know, bass? I'm not exactly sure. Oh, it looks like... Mm, I don't it? know if anybody else plays. I see a Telecaster and a 335. So, ah, no. Okay. Unless... Yeah, I don't know. That would be perfect. I'm not really sure where it comes from. But they got a great sound going on. Yeah. And uh, and I just really appreciated the, the conversation we talked. He actually hit me up about my band, which, I've, oddly enough, we're getting a lot of action in Australia. <laughs> That's I great. don't know why, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. So. You call that a song. Tony, that was the worst thing you've ever said. On you the call radio. that a knife. <laughs> yeah, no, I you got get it. it. I got get it. it. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> I, saw a, I saw a good meme the other day that was the cover of Crocodile Dundee, and it says, "Now that's what I call a knife," but it's done in the font of like, "Now that's what I call music." Ah, <laughs> I like that. There you go, lever. Yeah. Hey, one last thing. Mm-hmm. I would like to give a shout out to our good buddy Michio Murakishi. Oh man. Oh. Love the thing that guy. he did. Yes. Yeah. And this will have been, uh, I think, right after the Michio episode. Yeah. So uh, Michio, if if you haven't seen it, I encourage you to go to the Instagram and you will see uh, a really neat thing from Justin Hawkins of the Darkness. The Darkness. Huge, huge band. Yes. That uh, and they're. Very, very good, and he is a super talented dude. Oh, absolutely. And Michio, who was on the show um, just previously uh, as a grand poobah and a great friend of ours, and he uh, he just said he he got one of those cameo things to say thank you. And, and I didn't know what it was. I just clicked on it, and Justin Hawkins is like, hi, Todd. You know, and I was like, what? Huh? Was, you know? He was getting a tattoo. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, it's a very cool video. And, and the, 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 what a what a neat thing to yeah, do, Michio! It was super cool. You you have you are just now you are at the top of the list. Yeah, we we need a new echelon to come up. With. I think so. Um, yeah. And I love the fact that he addressed the whole Stratocaster thing with me. <laughs> yeah. it's like, that was good. I, it, it was just surreal to have Justin Hawkins telling like talking to me directly about. Uh, you know how I should consider it a Stratocaster. <laughs> now I'm kind of curious. Did Michio like script, did. script that? He, he goes, "No, I know you don't like." It. <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> well, I'm saying. I mean, it I seemed, don't know. I mean, it seemed like uh, it was kind of pretty much ad libbed. Yeah, I'm not sure. He's a professional. Ah, uh, he is a professional. He is a, he's a hell of a performer. I mean, he did it while he was getting stabbed by a tattoo gun. I know, that's, I know. That's even Anyway, better. so it is pretty fun. Go check that out on our Instagram if you haven't seen it already. And um, he, uh, Justin Hawkins, has a fantastic YouTube channel. Yes. Um, and and if you don't like sitting and watching super long YouTube, you can still catch a lot of it on Instagram. I would love for him to come on the show. So I'm going to see what I can do to make that happen. Justin, if you're listening, come on the show. <laughs> hey. Hey, we got an empty. We got an empty seat here. Yeah, you can um, do it while getting a tattoo. Todd will give you a tattoo, a prison tattoo. Uh, <laughs> yes, you just pick which prison you want tattooed, and I'll put it right on your back. The ink will be orange and black. Yeah. 
All right, everybody. We need to do our what's going on in our music world this week. Uh, Tanya Bolonsky, the beflemmed. Uh, you, you came in a little crockety, you know, with Be your flemmed? You, you know, you're Yeah, you're flemmy right now. You're, you're flemmy. Yes. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and, Tasty. yes, and, uh, and, and tardy. Uh, tardy. Tardy to class today. Pardon Tanya Bolonsky, take it away. Well, Todd, I said I wasn't going to do it, but I did it. You bought an SG? What'd you do? <laughs> I went back to DH Gate. They, oh, man. they sucked me in with another coupon. Did you not tell they me? You didn't did. tell me about it. I just, Am I going to like just this did one? It. I think you might. This Why is, did you do that? I don't know. I can't help myself. No, it's why like didn't you just tell me? I oh. just can't help it. You got to go back for more. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's like, yeah, it's like crack. Anyhow, um, yep. actually, this stems from... Uh, from uh, some photos that that Henry Cash sent over to me because yeah. he's having some single pickup, double cut Gretsch style guitars yep. put together, um, and so I was just trolling around and then oh hey get your new coupon pack blah 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 blah, and they had what uh, is actually pretty uh, a pretty cool version. It's not a single pickup, but it's it's as close as you can get for this kind of money. But it is basically a um, a replica of uh, Malcolm Young's uh, Gretsch sixty one thirty one. Eastwood does one of those. Yes, they do. But what's cool about this? So years and years ago, uh, Gretsch did a Malcolm Young uh, signature guitar. Yeah, and they did a single pickup and a double pickup. And I had one of the single pickup ones, which was cool. But here's the thing: it had a flame maple top. No, and it That's wrong. and it had a matte finish. That's wrong. Both <laughs> wrong. Both wrong. <laughs> Why would you do that? Well, I, that's so. Uh huh. If I may continue, uh, so I had it, and it's a, it was actually a very cool guitar. One of the, the big things was a uh, a badass wraparound bridge. Okay. Because um, so a brief history: Malcolm had. A red jet firebird, which is a 6131, red top, black back and sides. And if you go to the, it's a long way to the top video, the remastered one, you can actually see the, his jet firebird in what was his somewhat original state. Originally, it would have had two pickups. He routed it for a third middle pickup, added an extra switch. There's all kinds of extra holes in this thing. Um and uh, in fact, as I dug in a little further to DHgate, they do offer one that is as close to a replica of the beast, as it's called, as you can find. And uh, I just I didn't like I don't like all you know all the extra holes and things. But I didn't like the flame maple top. Well, this one that I ordered is a it's it's essentially. What it's a it's a plain top version of what Gretsch offered as a Malcolm Young uh, signature model. This one has two pickups, and you know, like with all these things, you know, I'll get the carcass or the body in, or you know, the guitar in, and strip it, all the parts off, and put in good parts. And so it's uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I I, I kind of mi- that was one guitar that I missed, although I again I hated the flame maple top with uh, a matte finish 
So this one does not have a matte finish, and it has a plain maple top, which I like. Is it black on the sides? Uh, no. It's mm. red on the sides, which is wrong, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. So I will keep so it. So it doesn't look anything like his actual guitar. Well, you know, like. it does. It does. It just doesn't have all it those empty holes. It has two pickups. It doesn't have the empty holes. It's right. got red sides, not black sides. Right. <laughs> Okay. What's your point? Why didn't you just get a Strat? You Anyways. Know, maybe I will. I'll get the Malcolm Young Strat. Yeah. But anyhow. That's, Very cool. That's, uh, how much was said guitar? Um, with shipping and everything, uh, $239. Okay. So not yeah. very much at all. No, not very much at all. I mean, I'll put some, some money pittance, into it. A pittance. But what's cool about it, I'm, I'm a big fan of wraparound bridges, as you yeah. probably know. I do prefer one pickup guitars, but, I mean, obviously I'll put a second pickup in this one. So I'm confused about that because that doesn't, this, that's not a wraparound bridge. Well, that's not a Malcolm Young. Yeah, would it? yes, it is. No, it's Look not. It says right there. Well, that is the, in its original it's $2, state. $2,500. That was as the guitar was after he stripped the top off. Uh-huh. They had those Hagstrom uh, tremolos on them. Yeah. In later years, he took all that stuff off and, um, and, put, a and put, a, put a wrap around on it. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, good enough. All right. Well, at least I'm here to help you out with your guitar history, Tony. So uh, <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Let's see. What and would and, I do without you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and how about yourself? What's going on in your music world this week that is not building pedals? That is not building pedals. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm on a, I'm part of a vinyl trading forum that's been around for like 20 years oh, at this point. Interesting. Uh, in the last few years, I've been running. There's always been like a gear thread every month where mm -hmm. people talk about new gear they got, questions about setting something up, etc. How these speakers sound is this a good price for this, etc. Um, in the last few years, I've been running them, coming up with you know witty puns for the the titles of them for every month. Uh, but someone in the thread was putting together a, uh, Les Paul, like a double cut, uh, or like a Les Paul junior, uh, style guitar. And they were having issues with the bridge and the tailpiece. And that got me thinking about a guitar I hadn't picked up in a couple of years, which was actually my, uh, pre to preface this, I am cripplingly left-handed. So all my guitars are left-handed which means I kind of have to take what I can get or I have to be very particular about the kind of guitars that I get. But I have a Hondo 2 Genesis, which is essentially like a double-cut Les Paul that's left-handed uh, from the Matsumoku factory, which is like a lot of guitars that were made in Japan that, of, of good quality were from this factory or from like affiliated factories. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's like a 40-plus-year-old guitar. I think 80 is when it came – 79, 80s when it came out. Um but I hadn't picked it up in a couple of years and I had it set for uh, B standard. So half my instruments are in E standard, half are in B standard. So two and a half steps down. So I have a bass in E standard, a bass in B standard example. Um, but I hadn't picked it up in a while. So I picked it up, started to play because of this topic we were talking about. And it's still in perfect tune, like, you know, three-ish years later. It's been moved between houses, uh, different temperatures and things like that. And it's just in the perfect tune, tune to just play it in. It's great. Fantastic. Yeah. Even though you're left-handed, I think you're all right. 
Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that must be very difficult. Um, I know our friend Eric Marrow, yeah, he's left-handed, and it just it looks bizarre he, he when I, he's playing a guitar. He and I talk a lot about that, actually. So I've got a... Uh, a bass that I commissioned a good while ago. That's actually finally coming to me. Uh, that is a Gibson G3 uh, workalike, like a knockoff. Going back to like the Gibson pickup discussion, uh, it even has like Bill Lawrence workalike uh, pickups in it. Uh, so like I pay for that, had it up all put together uh, because Gibson never actually made uh, left-handed uh, grabbers or rippers really like you may find a one-off uh, but the chances are that was either a custom order or it was something that like someone had like put together from like the same like uh i guess like plans or what have you uh so i did essentially did that with a reputable uh builder that makes what he calls grippers so between a grabber and a ripper and basically you tell them what you want uh insofar as hardware uh wood neck style like you know finish all of that and they make it for you so i told this person and i was like i just want a stock g3 base but left-handed and i finally have that coming to me and i'm really excited for that that's super cool man yeah yeah those uh the grabbers and the rippers are going like wildfire right now they are it's crazy for a base that used to be kind of just yeah, eschewed for its cost or used for its cost as well. Yeah, yeah. Jared uh, actually has one that if he ever decides to get rid of, I I am interested in. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, I see. There's a, a one person in particular, but there's a few other people online as well. Uh, but they essentially have like a full working G3, but they've just parted it out and are selling each individual part on like eBay and Reverb, and it's just driving me crazy because they're asking like. <laughs> 200 bucks for like the back plate for the neck, you know, or like, wow. uh, the toggle switch is, you know, $175 and it's just, it's insane to see. And it's maddening for someone that like never even had the opportunity to like get one of those just to see someone be like, Hey, here's the neck. It's a uh, $800. Oh, geez. Yeah. Didn't they do a, a reissue of that? Or was that maybe Epiphone that did one a few years ago? I, I know. I think G3. they did. A, I think they did like a grabber, uh, I don't know if it was a grabber or a G3. I think it was a G3. Uh, cause I, I think it was G3. Yeah, because they didn't want to deal with a pickup. Uh, but like, yeah, yeah, there was a, a grab. There was a grabber reissue at one time, and they did have the sliding up and down uh, okay. pickup thing. And and uh, and yeah, we're uh, we, we, you probably. I'm, I'm going to guess you probably won't see something like that anytime soon. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm not supposed to really tell you anyway, but, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but we have, we have done some in the past, uh, that, and we did revisit that. All it is, I think it's, I think t- Tony, you know, it's, it's just a loose piece of, it's, it's just the way that yeah, the, yeah. the pickguard material is structured and it's kind of tight. So you just grab the pickup and you move it up and down to, yeah, and it's it like, just, it's it, like it stops wherever you stop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if it has spring clips in it or whatever, but I think if I remember right, on the bottom of the guard there are like two channels, and uh, then there's another piece that, uh, that the pickup actually mounts into, and that's what slides back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but there's, they there's enough space that uh, that it can go all the way forward. Well, not all the way forward. It's within a defined area i don't know i think if they really wanted to do it right they'd come up with something that you could really dramatically change the positions 
Yeah. Too cool. Uh, Jared, yours is the Ripper, I believe, right? You have a Ripper. Yeah, it's the Ripper. It's got the two, um, you know, Bill Lawrence style design bass pickups. And mm -hmm. it sounds great. It's got four different settings. And I don't know if the, I don't know if the settings are correct or not, but you can get some good tones out of this and plays really well. Um, it's an old vintage bass. The pickguard's cool as heck. I, I know a guy that did a fantastic <laughs> job putting the new it is pickguard. We talk we've talked about this a lot on the show where some of the, the some of the reasons that we're attracted to those, like it, I think the the um uh the V, uh the flying V mm -hmm. uh with the full pickguard is a great example of that. Even the explorer. They didn't follow the lines exactly. They just said, nah, "This thing shoots out over here, and it's like it's a, it's just it it is asymmetric to what the body is doing." And there's something that is arresting and very cool about that. I, I really oh. like that. All right, one for the so there. You go. Todd votes yes. Yeah, I like them both, um, and they feel good. They feel really good to play. I, I really like yours, Jared. So I'm just saying. Thank you. Yeah, I love this thing. Yeah, I'm just I, saying. It's great to have a bass again, Jared. I had some uh, EBOs and EB3s yeah, those are actually. And I those are terrible. Gave one away and <laughs> I, I sold to, one. I was about to say. I think the setups on those things look sick, just because they look like a big SG. But I think the setups on those can be a, kind of a nightmare. I've got a friend. The that EB. Has, the I've EB3. got. I've got a friend that has one, and it's just it's he, it's. And a gorgeous looking instrument, but it's just hell to put together and like to, to maintain apparently. So. Yeah. so, yeah. So there's a guy named Tarman Kelling that does a fantastic job um, building a replacement wiring harness for EB3s. And uh, so that's, that's what I did with one of mine. And I didn't have any trouble after that, but the switches they used in seventies, uh, the EB3s were, and they use those switches for other model guitars too, mm -hmm. but they they just didn't last. They probably lasted as long as they, you know, it good for them that they lasted plenty long for for you know for Gibson. But now they're kind of just deteriorating, or and you can't fix the darn things. They're really difficult. I tried to work on and fix one of those switches. Ain't happening. Mm. They're very tiny, small, finicky. And those are the first things that go out on those. Those look like a ukulele on Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, so related to like switches and things like that, I have, as a side note, I just sent you all some pictures on your Instagram of the base that I had built, if you want to peep those. But oh, great. As, as, as a side note to like knobs and things like that, uh, my so I'm getting my dream base soon, this uh, like G3 workalike. Uh, and my dream guitar that I actually have is a West Tone Thunder. Uh, nice. Yeah. So it is a guitar that I almost had in like 2003, lost out on eBay by like five bucks. So like there was 230, 235 is what it ended up being. Uh, around 2010, I was able to get one and it just, it's a dream guitar. It plays incredibly. The pickup scream uh, has an active uh, circuit for it if you want to use it otherwise you can use it as passive but it takes like two eight uh, two nine volt batteries so it's 18 volt but it's just it's a dream guitar it works awesome uh, a couple of years later it got stolen or just like you know swiped from a place we were doing a recording session at oh uh, but then a few years ago i was able to find one for a decent price and have it shipped to me 
and I had to like the uh, there were some toggle switches and things like that on there that had like they were like the paddle style switches and they had been like broken off. So like I had to do like some like extensive, very nerdy research to like find these exact like particular style like paddle switches on like old West Home forums to order them and like resolder them in and get everything looking looking how it should because that's a thing of mine is if i'm gonna have the guitar i want it to look the part essentially so uh so i'm I'm with you on those those old switches uh they're i'm very particular with them oh yeah i dig it uh hey wait are we we still in the music world this week yeah it's fine (laughs) yeah hey i haven't done mine i just yeah there's no rules except the rules that we make yeah um on the on that note I have uh I remember seeing when we had Sarek bases on the very first time. The minute I saw those Sarek bases, like they reminded there was there's an essence of these um you know, the the ripper, the grabber era kind of bass with the especially with the pick guards. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, you just go back and look at it, compare them. There 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 are essences of them. They're they're more like the like Corn, essences cor, coronets because they have the butterfly essences pick guards. No, butterfly picker what are you talking about no man you t- you're talking like the uh the sgs with like the full like the the batman batwing pick guard kind of thing oh uh, no I, I was talking about like the the gibson the the rippers and the and the uh grabbers and stuff yeah but, oh, he, okay. but he made one that was like the uh the the uh, non-offset double cut like a old coronet or a wilshire yeah i'm not saying all of them that they he makes a handful of them that, that there that's have the that one. vibe that's the one yeah like uh the um oh i see okay yeah I don't know. Okay. Uh, okay yeah I, I, just look, I, I just looked it up i see what you're talking about yeah he, you know, uh, he's got a range of style but that the one that i locked onto in particular um i'm trying to uh, recall the model here is the hang on it's the lincoln that's the first one that I saw. I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to play bass so bad on that. And I, oh, that's cool. It, which is exactly what I would do. I just play bass really bad on it. But <laughs> anyways, on the, on the guitar side of that, there is a uh, old friend of mine, Brady Smith uh, from Old Blood. Yeah. Uh, he we kind of played music a little bit in high school and he had just gotten a guitar that was a Gretsch committee. Oh, and yeah. it it is a gorgeous guitar, but the 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 pit guard looks very similar to what you're describing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, like the butterfly look on it, and it's just like it's a guitar I've like, you know, dreamed of since then. And of course, being left-handed, the choices are few and far between. But it's it's nice to dream. Yeah. yeah. And those, I think, they had like a tinted, uh, smoked plexi. Uh, they they did him. some. They did some that were like I think his was all black, but I've also seen some that were like the the translucent, like, yeah, the, like you're describing, yeah, yep. which yeah. is a really cool look, indeed. And how <laughs> the, the, uh, our gang would say. Uh, so, anyways, Jared. Jared. Yes. So um, <laughs> I picked up a. I've been looking at these for a long time. Not a super long time, but I picked up oh, a like electro a medium harmonic. long time. Uh, a medium long time, uh, and uh, electro harmonics uh-huh. Mel Nine, and what it is is it's the Mellotron organ effects pedal. Oh yeah, those are so still pricey. Simple, simple, easy. To, eh, you can get a used one for a little over two hundred. 
but uh, the new ones are around uh, two sixty something. I thought they um, were more than that. Yeah. <clears throat> no, they're down to you can get a new one for around two hundred and sixty some dollars. They're wow, actually they one seventy nine. Right. Oh, one's down to one seventy nine. Everybody, go get that. Buy it. Yeah. Buy it now. So it's. But it's like a hundred dollars. Plug your in shipping, guitar so. in, and <laughs> it's, you would think it's really choppy and and really difficult to use. But all you do is plug it in, and you can strum a chord, and it will it will play the Mellotron. There's a little gremlin inside the pedal with a miniature Mellotron, and it plays what you play. Now explain uh, uh, first of all. Orchestra, cello, strings, flute, clarinet, saxophone, brass, low choir, and high choir. We met the the creator Remember? of the Mel yes. Nine at NAM. Why don't you tell everybody what the Mel what the Mellotron is? So the Mellotron is basically it's a giant tape player, um, and it has several audio tapes. I think they're tape strips, yep. and they just Loops. hang down inside. And when you press the strips. The key on the keyboard, it, it plays the effects that you have the Mellotron on. So it'll it'll play an audio sound. Uh, let's see if I can explain this right. It'll play the tape of the instrument you have selected on the Mellotron. It's a recorded uh, instrument. Like a violin. Put on a tape. And, yeah. Or so a when choir. You, Exactly. Or an orchestra, cello, strings, flute, clarinet, saxophone, brass, low choir, or high choir. <laughs> so th- this is not to interrupt, but I will. Uh, well, go ahead. So, you explain so Todd, this stuff better. Well, no, Todd and I, Todd said, oh, it's a loop. No, it's not a loop. Uh, it is a strip <clears throat> of tape. Okay. And the it's reason, tape that hangs down. because it, and it has a weight at the bottom. And if you play it for too long, it actually runs out of, ti- runs out of tape and has to retract it back up. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Yes. So there you go. Well, uh, famously used on... Everything? Well, super famously used on Uh, Strawberry Fields. Oh, yeah. That was was one of them. And... John Paul Jones used it. The the opening to uh, Bungalow Bungalow Bill is actually the very first key... On on the uh, on on a Mellotron. Interesting. That, it sounds like a classical guitar thing. Yeah, there's actually a um, I, I can't I think is it a YouTube short or yeah I think it was a YouTube short uh, of let's see was it it was well it was Paul McCartney I'm trying to think if it was like a rig rundown or something like that I can't remember who he was talking to uh, but uh, the, he was showing. He was he was standing right next to the Mellotron that was used oh, yeah. in in Abbey Road. He also has the the bells or the chimes that was that were that yeah. were in Abbey Road studio. But, and he was just explaining it in in a, a perfect way to understand much better than we're doing right now. <laughs> but anyways, it was cool to meet so, the guy who actually made the thing. You know, that was yeah, really neat. We met the guy and then I kind of wanted to own a real Mellotron after that, but but you know they're yeah. somewhat unattainable. Well, they, and they had it there, and we we all like kind of got to check Just it out. Slobbering over it, but this neat. this pedal is the very next best thing. Uh, so it's I got super excited about it. There's another pedal that I bought that we'll talk about in a little bit that I got excited about too. But 
You mean next um, time? By a little bit? No, no, here in a little bit. What? Uh, so, so Save it for the yeah. next one. We got a show to do, my friend. It's going to be in the show, silly. We'll talk about it then. Exactly. That's what I've been trying to tell you. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to the show. Yeah. Todd, what about you? Well, I had, a, I'll keep it short, I had a show this week. It was really, really fun. Uh, lots of new faces in the crowd. And um, actually, I was talking about this uh, to this gentleman um, who came with a friend uh, of mine, and he was asking about the, the guitar that I play. I get a lot of inquiries about the Vinny. Vinny. Which is the the guitar that I designed with Ch- with uh, Chase Gullet, and he built the whole thing for me. Uh, and and so I said, well, hey, come come up and take a look at it. And so went up on the stage and checked out and and looked at all the details and everything. And and we started talking about that. And I said, you know, it seems like you like guitars. You should listen. He goes, oh, I've been listening since the very first episode. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so Jeremiah, thank you. Uh, for chatting with me, and it was really great to meet you. And I, he didn't, he didn't lead with that one, which was <laughs> felt a little embarrassed. But that's okay, you know. Uh, it was great to meet somebody, uh, and yeah, he so he knows the show really well. Oh, cool! So I'm sure he's gonna love this one. So thank you, Jeremiah, and uh, we'll see you around. All righty, you know what? Mm-hmm. If you have a great guitar or a real Mel Nine. Next to it is probably a box of tour gear designs patch cables. Why wouldn't you? Right. I mean, why not, right? You know. Yes. As I was testing out these pedals. Yes. I had my box of tour gear design it's patch a, cables. It's an essential. Yeah. It's like you just pull them out of the box. Yep. You find the right size. You, sometimes you have to go from an S shape. To a C. Or a C. To an S. Top to the bottom, bottom to the top. I love them. But what's really good about these, Todd? Well, let's ask Jared. Jared? Well, they have the very small uh, area where you plug it into the uh, pedal. See, I'm not good at this. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. a natural. Well, well, the other You're thing a is, natural. Keep going, Jared. Keep yeah. going. They got the thing where it fits anywhere on the pedal. Yeah, it's it's great. They're fantastic cables. Check them out, tourgeardesigns.com. And when you're there and you load up your cart, because you will. Yep. Uh, and and almost, I'd say what, like 75% of the people we've had on the show use those. Yeah, I would say that's uh, probably because they've been listening to the show. It makes it more fun to rearrange a pedal board. Honestly, it does. It's it's great fun to do that. Yeah, always uh, clean. Yeah. You when you load them up, use the guitar knobs, all lowercase, all lowercase, all one word, and you're gonna save ten percent on 10%. your order. Ten percent. That is correct, and it's worth it. So, uh, thank you to Tour Gear Designs for sponsoring our four on the floor, Jared. Let me get a little bit of this. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. All right. And in Whitehorn from Lantern Manufacturing, what is your four on the floor? All right. So I've got two lists, uh, and it depends on if I'm playing in a band that has, you know, another guitarist or bassist, and obviously a drummer as well, or if it's me and just a drummer. So whether it's, uh, you know, like a three or four piece or just a two piece. Um, there are similarities between them, though, if I may. So... Uh, first, if I am doing like a full bands kind of thing, uh, the boss DD 20, the giga delay, 
Uh, I've had oh, yeah. it for, I don't know, a million years, and it just does everything right. There's just nothing wrong about it when it comes to delay stuff. Everything sounds great. You can do things by milliseconds or BPMs, depending, you know, so depending on if you're, say you're recording something and you're recording like a click track or like this tempo is like 137 BPM. You like, you can set your delays to 137 BPM as opposed to like milliseconds and just like really like hammered. in. it also has like a bunch of other like fun effects. You can do presets and stuff like that as well. Um, so I really enjoy that. Uh, and that's one of those nifty, uh, dual pedal, literally it's a dual pedal. Yeah. So it, it takes up a good amount of real estate. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I actually pulled these out. So I'm looking at them on my desk right now. Yeah. And it's like the size of like three guitar pedals. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but it does like, so much. It does so much. They're like 200 bucks now, maybe less. 120. On, 120. Yeah. 120. And we're looking at one that is, um, got some love on it, which is really cool. And they're yeah. just, there's, um, there's a uh, almost like a rudimentary design to it. It's like industrial almost, which is really kind of cool. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, the 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 actual foot switches on them. Like I'm pushing them right now on my desk, and they are like the Boss foot switches are already like decently sturdy. These are like heavy. Like, yeah, they're they're worth it. Um, and then like. If you push them both down at the same time for like a few seconds, you can switch into like tap tempo mode. Uh, also, it's got like the tap and tempo buttons on it under the LCD screen. And if you click both of those, it turns on like a backlight so you can actually see if you're playing like a dark, uh, you know, club or something like that for a gig. It's, um, it's like Mike Trombley designed these. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a uh, uh, it's very clever like it's just uh it's an intuitive thing to use like everything just kind of makes sense on it very um, cool yeah and they're and they look cool there's a there's an old school cool to it yeah i mean they've been around for like 20 years at this point or something like that i think um and they're still just as usable as they were then like i, I think now they have like the dd 500 and such like that and yeah, i just i think I can't... the dd 200 is the new version of that of this yeah. yeah and it looks sleek it's like smaller uh footprint but i just it's uh, oddly more intimidating i think it, it, there's so much you can do with it it just yeah. seems like there's a well it, yeah almost like a option paralysis yeah uh cool yeah so that um uh next would be either there this is an ibanez and it can go either way it is the cf7 which is their coarse flanger uh, designed from their Tone Lock series that they did in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Yep. Uh, those, so are the, it's those are the gray ones that are, those are the gray not ones, particularly yeah. good looking. Not particularly good looking, but they were sturdy. Like they had those, uh, the pots that you could actually like push down. Yeah. Like you could like uh, recess them so you didn't actually like it was, step on them. It's really smart. Yeah, it was clever. Uh, so it's either that or the Ibanez SC10 which is their stereo course from their like super line in the eighties, uh, which is, has like a beautiful, like aesthetic, uh, we'll actually do stereo out. I think it's just mono in. Yeah. At it. The 10 uh, series is coveted. The 10 series. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the foot switches I'm pushing it right now. It's, it's, uh, pretty soft, uh, but it is beautiful insofar as yeah. it, color. And it, and everything. It's, it's got, it's an oddity factor that it's oddity. Cool. Yeah. 
Um, and it just sounds good too. Yeah, that's I mean, the one. Uh, if everybody's like, going, well, what do you mean autotique? It has the off center uh, <laughs> foot switch, the the foot yeah. pad, like the the black giant rubber thing. Yeah, um, it's it's on the right, and there's like a almost like a three quarter inch or whatever of just metal like on the other side of it, and then you like there's a button you can push on the side to like pop open. Yeah, with, with like too. the the sound console, the audio console style knobs on it, you know. Yeah. Kind of weird. Anyways, Nito, uh, what's number three? Number three is, I kind of went back and forth on this one, uh, the Zoom MS70 CDR. Uh, seems kind of like a cheat because it's like a bunch of pedals. It's like a programmable pedal kind of thing. But you can do... The Zoom what? That was a lot of math right there. Yeah, the Zoom ms-70 cdr it's a chorus delay reverb pedal but you can like plug it in and like through usb um like edit your own patches and things like that so you could if you wanted to have like a soft focus patch you could do that um a bunch of other things i bought this one used for like 70 bucks and it had like a broken foot switch that i repaired but i really should have probably just spent the extra 30 bucks and got like a new it's like one. a toggle foot switch yeah it? uh well they have like the the buttons you can like the there's like three buttons above the foot switch and you can push those down and turn them but like you can essentially oh, just it's like, like the set simon said yeah it, i couldn't tell if that was exactly. a toggle it's, it's yeah. sort of like think about the 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 old game simon yeah, yeah. well yeah and yeah. so you're right yeah and so on the uh around the foot switch are actually four buttons you can push yeah insofar as like how you want the effect to be like stacked oh, um man does that come with a bottle of aspirin gee many christmas man, i feel like it should uh this is something <laughs> i've only like really I've had it for several years, but I've only like really kind of scratched the surface of it. But like, there's an active like subreddit uh, yeah. for this pedal, it, like with patches. There's a program. There's like a. Uh, it's like if you had a Game Boy and you could never that you could never play. That's what this. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Um, but you can like you can chain a bunch of this stuff in it, and it's really cool yeah. to get those kind of effects. Um, so that's yeah, that's that's one of them. Uh, and the last one would either be. I'm a sucker for like a rat style effect. Um, uh -huh. And if it, if it can't be one of mine, uh, which I just have one, uh, it would be either the line six DM four, which is like the distortion modeler, the gold one that you could do a bunch of like uh, different style of distortions on it. Like you could like scroll through them or whatever, uh -huh. um, which is actually the impetus for, I just want it cause it's gold. It's yeah. gold. It's nice. I still have it. I have a foot switch like knocked out of it that I've just like covered over with like duct tape. Um, when I first got it, I found a setting I liked and set every preset to that same setting. So like, cause I was just moving from bass <laughs> to guitar. And so I was like, okay, if I, if I step on it, it'll be the same regardless or whatever. Sure. Um, and then years later I revisited it and I was like, why does this sound so good? And I was like, Oh, it's the classic distortion. I looked it up. I was like, Oh, it's based on a rat. But, <laughs> But, but the it most had a complex it, rat pedal ever yeah, designed. But it had a three band EQ, and I was like, "This is why it sounds so good." Because I also had a rat; I had a rat for years at that point. Instead of just a but, cut, yeah, yeah. But you, so you could like tone shape it, um, and that is kind of what led to like the sycamore and other things. Uh, so it'd either be the Line Six DM4 or the Feral Plus, which is another like rat variant. The uh, what? The Feral Plus. F E R R E L. F E R A L. F E R A L. 
plus plus from dead air studios yeah oh okay um it's it's basically like the sycamore that i do is like a rat with a three band eq and the feral plus is like a rat with all the clipping options you could want um a bunch more parameters as well like i have uh i've got i'm I'm looking at i can't reach it but i'm looking at it but it has like a ton you can do with it uh, you know what? Uh, I'm not familiar really cool. with de- Dead Air. Interesting. Okay, so that's a good. We got a new pedal uh, thing that that we're not familiar with. I think I might like I'm the not. person that the person that puts them together. Uh, Will uh, has been in a lot of influential bands for me. Okay. Uh, growing up, he, he's actually mixed a lot of records that I've done over the years. And like stuff what? Like that. So, or rather, mastered. Um, but uh, most bands I've been in, in the last almost like 20ish years, uh, partners, Cedars. Uh, I think he did Hydra, uh, mm. a bunch of other stuff. But uh, so he mm. makes a very cool uh, rat. And if it couldn't be one of mine or the DM4, it would be He's that. He's got one. all kinds of pedals. This is great. I oh, love yeah. it. We'll get him on yeah. the show. Yeah, he does incredible stuff. Uh, Dead air. Like, he, yeah, he focuses mainly on, for the time being, like uh, on gain style effects sure. and then also uh he has a line called the uh why am i blanking on them i have them let me look at them uh the generator is okay. what he calls them and they're like uh like oscillator effects for yeah. like noises and generator like five six and seven yeah yeah he's about to, i think he just put out like eight or nine or something gee many christmas uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's, see i love run, f- we don't know everybody out there so if everybody's like, dude, how do you not know that? You, there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of people. We're still collecting everybody. We're like a big, we're like one of those big giant uh, tractors on that comes through on the beach, at, you know, at like four and four and five mm-hmm. and six in the morning, and they scoop up all the garbage out of the beach. We're like that. Slow yeah. and steady wins a race. That's how it goes. Anyways, if you if you look them up on Discogs, Will Killingsworth, like you'll find a ton. Uh, stuff that he's like mixed, mastered, recorded, etc., or whatever. But really right cool on. dude. Yeah. Um, Ooh, the tube nightmare. That sounds cool. Tube nightmare is really cool. It's it's a, it's a six knob uh, tube screamer, which yeah. was another that, that was going to be one of my other four in the floors uh, was a TS nine into an MXR double this turned shot. Turned into an eight on the floor, by the way. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but like a TS nine into an MXR double shot, which I always use them together because uh-huh. the MXR double shot had a three band EQ. So I always use that to kind of like shape the tone. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was that all of that was if I were in like a full band, two piece band is essentially the same, but I would use a micro pog for Wait. fake, for fake bass. Uh-huh. Uh, like in, in a separate like stack. And then maybe an op amp big muff. Uh huh. And essentially any of those other things. So, okay. Yeah. Brilliant. That's uh, that's a lot of pedals, everybody. So that's great. <laughs> that's fun. Um, Twelve on the floor. Yeah, I like. I like it. Um, okay. Well, <clears throat> uh, hopefully you've logged all that, everyone, and it, you got some new things to check out. And I think all of those were new to the show. I don't think we've covered any of those up to this nice. point, Tony. I don't believe so. I was just going to comment that the, all of those were rather unique. Which is what the joy of doing this uh, segment is. It is the joy. But, uh, the, the bigger, agony and the ecstasy. The bigger joy. Uh, <laughs> Jared, do you want to throw in some adjectives on how big of a joy this is? 
uh, I don't know. It's huge. It's Gig- Giga Joy. It's the, giant. It's, it's the, just gargantuan. It's a really big, nice joy. Super giant ass. <laughs> sure. I don't know. All right. Let's get on with our interview. Uh, we need to find out a little bit more, actually a lot of bit more, besides pedals, from Andon Whitehorn. Uh, now, Andon, I think... You know the 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 uh, you know elephant in the room is Andon Whitehorn. That is a very unique name. Okay, what's the background on that? Uh, so my first name is Christopher. Middle name is Andon. Uh, so I go by that. My parents have always called me that. Okay. Um, I've asked them about the background on it. Like the name exists in other like cultures and things like that. Sounds like an Appalachian name or something. It's apparently it's like. Eastern, like European, if you look it up or whatever. Well, by uh, way of Appalachia. By way of Appalachia, yeah. So you know, <laughs> mountains basically, Ma- mountainous mm. regions. Um, it could it could have been Landon, but they couldn't pronounce the L. That that so that's actually that that goes back. I'll I'll tell you about that here in a second. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But like, I asked him, they was like, oh yeah, we just thought it sounded cool, and not knowing that I would have to explain this name through grade school, <laughs> right? You know, and, and Whitehorn too. That's not a common one. No, it's uh, I am uh, a good part Choctaw, so okay. that is oh, where okay. that comes in, um, insofar as my understanding. But with the Andon thing, I didn't learn until like after high school. I was like, oh, I can just say it's like Brandon without the B and the R, um, and that's just that much easier. But like it, before that, it'd be like, what's your name? Like Andon. They're like Andrew, like Andon, Andy, Andon, Anton, or you know, it just took a lot of work to get to where where I am. Yeah, so, so you stuck with it. Instead Stuck of going to it, Chris, yeah. that was yeah. instead of going with Chris. You see, we see how yeah. your decision process works. Just call me Chris. <laughs> yeah. My parents are like, "Well, there's a lot of Chris's, and we like Chris, but we want to stick with that. But we wanted to give you another name, and then that's what happened." So, well, there you go. Uh, but at least also, they didn't name you Amy. That would have been even more confusing, I suppose. I would have had to explain a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but Andon is also. In Japanese, it's the word for a four-walled, like a paper lantern, like those that you see, like maybe yeah. like standing around or whatever. Like they, it's like a style, yeah, of uh, lighting. It's also a style of like a, a system for like procedure in like factories and things like that. Where if it's like green lights, good. Like red light is stop. Yellow light, whatever or whatever. Mm. Uh, but that's where the name lantern manufacturing comes from. Is just because it's a another meaning or another like uh word for my name i guess i don't know okay That's cool okay yeah I, I feel like you're in a lot of different reddit groups <laughs> uh well not as many as i'd like <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just painting a picture <laughs> yeah uh, that's i have been on there for like 15 years <laughs> uh well you have you've sent us the white oak pedal, which is a dual fuzz, um, and with I will, a blend, with the blend, that's with the, the blend. Yeah. So I've mentioned before, I do like a blend knob. Um, the I, I admittedly was a little, mm, I guess, I almost said no when I saw, saw dual fuzz because I've played a couple dual fuzzes before, and yeah, you know, it's just sort of. Uh, it's just a big mush kind of thing. Sure. That, that, that can that's, happen. That's, it's very fair. Um, but the way that you were describing it and the way that I heard the sound clips, I was like, wait a minute. Hey, now, I think this could uh, 
produce some pretty cool sounds. So you sent us the white oak, and we checked it out. Uh, and Tony? Yes? You t- you have your rig. What'd you run this through, and what'd you think? That Well, I was running uh, a Les Paul Jr. with a P90 into my Vox AC30, or AC15. Where do you have a Les Paul Jr.? I've got, Man. I've got more guitars than you know. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's a Les Paul Jr. Okay. TV. Hey, yeah. All right. And, um, you know, I, I like Through using... Through an AC-30 hand wire. AC-15. Oh, 15. 15 hand wire. Okay. And uh, this, you know, I'm not a... I'll be a self-admitted non-fan of most fuzzes. Um, but what I did Same. like about this is um, that the blend knob really, I think it gave it a little more dimension or a little more fine tunability. Um, I, I'm assuming that each of the channels uh, has a different, uh, uh, maybe one's a germanium and one is silicon. Well, I bet he's going to tell us all about well, maybe that. Maybe you can but tell you us just about tell, that. Just, you go on with so, your description. He'll, so, he'll color um, the pages now, later. And what, what I like to do now, some people like to turn their fuzzes all the way up. And, and to me, it just starts to turn to mush. Uh, in my particular, you know, one of my test modes when I'm testing a fuzz is I'll, I'll roll the tone all the way off and then just see what kind of buzzy sounds I can make with sure. it. The, the tone on your guitar? Yes. Yes. Gotcha. So, you know, that so that kind of just gives it that, that, you know, that certain tonality. Yeah. But I, I like that yours has um, uh, tone controls for both, uh, both channels. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. like the fact that it's not necessarily, I don't believe it's stacked. So, in other words, channel one doesn't cascade into channel two. He's going to tell us all right. about it. <laughs> okay, Todd. <laughs> Let me just tell you about your pedal. <laughs> Here's how it works. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think it was enjoyable. Again, I'm not a huge fuzz fan, but I think uh, for people that do like fuzzes, I think this could be a really nice uh, addition to their collection. Well, thank you. Well put, uh, yeah, so the white oak is a dual parallel fuzz. So it's two separate fuzzes, two separate styles of fuzzes, and two separate tone stacks with them. Okay, Tony, uh, you get a star. Okay. Yeah. I figured so, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so on the left side is like a square wave comparator kind of fuzz, so like a ver- Velcro-y kind of like style of fuzz, which is very just like a – can almost get gated – on uh-huh. the settings, yep. depending yeah. on how you have it. Yep. And then the tone stack on that side, on the left side, is like an like a big muff tone stack, where it's like on the left is more bass, and on the right is more treble. Mm-hmm. But usually in a big muff, in the mid section, like in the middle, there's like a mid scoop. Uh, so this one actually has like a slight mid hump, uh, because I think just like fuzzes tend to get lost in the mix if there's not like the mid to actually push them through you know it's like they sound good by themselves and then like yeah. you're playing with a band and you turn it on and you're like just disappear that's why i honestly i don't understand people love the big muffin i'm like i, I it's just not one of those things that equates to me i'm like i it doesn't for that same reason yeah um and then so conversely like with that on the right side is like an op amp style big muff if you will uh, just because I prefer like the sounds of op amp clipping, 
Uh, and then like silicon as well. Like I ha- have yet to actually use any like uh, germanium diodes oh, okay. for, for clipping. Uh, I'm not against them, but it's just it's something I've just like it's a sound I've kind of liked, so I've kind of just like gravitated towards. Uh, so but the rice. So both go ahead. both sides are op amp. Uh, both sides are op amp, but both sides are like separate styles. Okay. Of, of like the fuzzing. So yeah, like the said, like the left side is like a comparator style. To where it is like really like riding on like the sputtery uh, velcro sputtery velcro if you do it right you'd have to really kind of start the voltage which you necessarily not necessarily like can't with it but like the actual like the the gain knob actually controls like how much voltage is going into the op amp on that side okay. um and then the right side like I said it's like an op amp big muff but the tone stack in it is just something weird that I had found when I was breadboarding. Um, and I'm sure it's been done before, but basically where if you have it all the way counterclockwise, it's like a very thin thrashy, like trashy kind of sound. Like, and then as you turn it up, it gets like super burly. So it like, it almost like isolates a mid frequency and then opens everything else up as you turn it. Yeah. Uh, uh, clockwise. I, I I tended to stay on the right side of things. Yeah. With that and one. And then, yeah, and then, like, the blend between... I tried to get them both as, like, even on uh, output level as possible. Uh, and then, like, the blend would actually allow you to, again, like, blend between those two different, like, style fuzzes. And then there's, like, an output volume for overall just gain, I guess. Yeah. So... Really cool and very well made, nicely nicely done. Yeah, uh, I think intriguing packaging. You've got a white oak leaf in there, which is kind of neato. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was just a, it was a nice uh, presentation too. Thank you. Yeah, all all the pedals I put out, I have the uh, when you get them. Like if you order a sycamore, it comes with a sycamore leaf. If you order a white oak, it comes with a white oak leaf. Roan comes with Roan leaves, meadow sweet. I hope you don't like make a poison sweet. ivy. <laughs> but, yeah, well, that's that's the next one actually. You're gonna love it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it also just depends. Like in the winter, like none of that stuff grows, obviously, so I can't package them. But like in the you know spring, summer, fall, like if I have them, I'll put you, them. In. You got to get them and freeze them. That's a yeah. ticket, man. I, actually, I have a lot of them in the fridge. They last a surprisingly long time in the fridge. Yeah, so. yeah. Hmm. yeah. Uh, well. So that's one pedal. I know Jared is literally chewing his face off to talk about <laughs> something else, but we're gonna we're gonna get to that one in a second. Uh, it's, it can't be all pedals all the time. We want to find out a little bit more about uh, you know what you're doing over there at Lantern, what your sort of take on pedals is, and uh, you know how uh, how you got into it. Um, just out of curiosity, um, stylistically. Where do you sit in the music world? What what is the your musical influences that might have edged you to where we are at right now? I would say like band-wise, active influences are uh Jawbreaker, uh a band called Stop It, which is actually from where I live right now. They're from Richmond, uh, Virginia. I played a show with them like 20 years ago and it was kind of like a life changing thing. It was like, man, like there can be bands like this. And I was like, that's awesome. Uh, and then another band called Capsule, which is out of like Gainesville, Florida. Uh, but other than that, uh, it's kind of all over the place. I mean, one of my favorite bands of all time is Queen. Uh, 
Oh yeah. Uh, I, have, I have a Freddie Mercury tattoo on my thigh. Uh, love that. I was big into Mahavishnu. It says Orchestra. Freddie Mercury, like in really big letters. No, it, it, it's, oh. his, uh, it, it's his. It's uh, his face from the, <laughs> the, the Hot Space album cover. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, just like the silhouette or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, big into them, big into like Mahavishnu Orchestra. Yep. Uh, a little silhouette of a man on yeah. my thigh. <laughs> Scaramouche, Scaramouche. Yeah. That's right. Okay, Tony, we know how the song goes. <laughs> Sheesh. Thunderbolt and lightning, uh, very, very frightening. So Finish it! I, I appreciate that whenever they did that song live after it came out, yeah. they left the stage and yes. let like a video projector play that part because they're like, we're never going to do that again. Like, yeah. We're never going to hit that. And yeah. so we're going to let this video do it. And then they come in for like the rock and outro. Yeah. That's it, a... That, that's like, you know, credit or credit to that's knowing your limits and being like, we can't do this again. So fair play. Here, here's what it is, you know, fair play. Um, I do that whenever I solo. I just leave the station, let people imagine it. I thought you played so low that no one could <laughs> yeah, hear you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. So. When you are, let's get bit. Let's get to maybe. I, I always love to find out how people stumbled into music. Um, what was the first, um, I guess, musical thing that happened where you said, "Oh man, I love this. Give me more." Like listening to it, playing it. Yep, probably listening. Probably listening, man. Uh, my mom was a show choir singer. I think it was show. I can't remember what it exactly was called in high school. Uh, we all imagined a hundred, a thousand different things when you say my mom, my mom is, and they were like, is, is she's a tuba, you know, like she's a tuba, <laughs> she's a microphone, she's an elephant. Yeah. She played a BC rich. I don't know what. <laughs> yes, she, she is BC rich. <laughs> she was in the runaways. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> my mom was Pat Benatar. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, my mom was a, uh, incredible singer. And so like in high school and then carried that through, obviously whenever like, uh, we were younger kids. And so she was always singing. So some of my earliest memories are like thinking, like remembering like, uh, when the beach boys did Kokomo. Oh yeah. Like uh-huh. that is, that is like a memory that is like burned into like my brain, just like in the back of an 89 Nissan Sentra driving around my mom just belting out kokomo and like note for note just killing it uh i would like to go on the record of saying that is possibly the worst beach boy song ever it's not really the beach boy well yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> brian wilson wasn't even there at the time. no huge. no mike love etc yeah. yeah need i say more yeah, <laughs> but, uh, continue, but continue with your song. I'm sure your mom did a wonderful rendition. Yeah. She did. She did a great <laughs> job on that. Uh, my dad was also a musician. He played bass. Uh, and yeah, cool. I'm just uh, oh, w- sit, sit in the backseat of a car listening to music, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Was there any particular uh, guitar related band that made you start like go really start to feel like you wanted to play guitar? Jawbreaker was probably the first one. I saw them on the in '96. It was like a rock the vote tour, and they were playing with like Foo Fighters and Ween, uh, and some other bands, depending on like where they were in the country. But like the only show they ever played in 
Oklahoma at the time, it was like in 96, uh, was in Tulsa. So I drove up to see that because a friend had gone to see Foo Fighters. So I was there for that and kind of just like changed my life musically. Like I had listened to music for a few years as a young kid or whatever. Yeah. Uh, And then after that, I was just like enamored with bass playing. So I uh, saved up, bought a kind of like a kit to make a bass. I still have it. It was like a Squire a affinity. You never made it. No, I made it. I oh, made it, okay. but it's like I, I still have the, the the finished thing. Is basically. Oh, gotcha. So it's it was like it's a Fender neck, a Squire affinity, like bass body, and then I just kind of like did stuff from there. But it was like so it has like the it's like half precision, half jazz bass, uh, and the neck is still warped, even though like I fix it every year it's still just like <laughs> the action's way too high but i have it and i'm staring at it so hmm. yeah it's a keepsake it's a keepsake uh, now are you a pick bass player or a finger bass player i'm a pick bass player unless i'm playing like a like a three string chord uh which i'm a big fan of bass chords uh in which case i'll strum it or if it's like a chill part i'll like you know pick it with my hands um i never got really good at uh playing bass with fingers or like slap bass or things like that but as i've gotten older i've been like i've really come into like enjoying like the sound of like uh boogie funk and like city pop style bass which is it's just like almost aggressive bass tone uh Mm. but it, it just all comes from like just uh like slap bass essentially like you hear it and you're like what are they playing and you look it up and you find the the artist or whatever and you're like, like oh they're just like playing Wolfpack? it just i mean just like uh maybe like you just like you look it up and you find out that it's like it's a bass into an amp and it's just the way they're playing it it's just like okay. giving this like aggressive like tone to it cool um it's yeah. really interesting yeah now uh, is there a particular bassist that you styled yourself after? That would be whenever I was starting out, it was Chris Bauermeister from Jawbreaker because he played like bass chords. Uh, they said at the time, like he kind of almost played like lead bass on some things. Got uh, it. Uh, but just really interesting sounding. Yeah. I don't know, just progressions. Yeah. Like the guitar was always like super interesting. And then, like, the bass underneath it was almost just kind of, like, carrying the story. Got like, it. as if, like, carrying the song along, kind of just, like, uh, almost like a narrative bass line, if you will. Yeah, like an anti-bass. Yeah. I get it. I dig it. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about uh, you and your pedals. Are, are you just uh, electronically adept, or did you take, did you do some learnings, or what? I did no learnings, um, but I always kind of like, I always had a soldering iron. So I always tried to like fix patch cables and things like that whenever there's like a loose connection uh, as best I could. Like if I opened it up and didn't know what I was looking at, I would just like move on and be like, well, I'm going to fix this in 10 years or whatever. And that that's still sitting in a box somewhere. I've just carried it with me. Yeah. At some point in time, you decided I need to make pedals. With my limited use of soldering, so w- w- how do you? That's a big puddle to jump into. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, 
Well, at first I was looking at just like whenever I discovered like the I was like, why is the classic distortion on the DM4 sound so good? And I was like, oh, it's because it's a rat with a three band EQ. So I started looking at uh, boutique guitar pedals. So just like any guitar pedals like that you could search for that were actually like rats with three band EQs. And I found some, but they weren't being made anymore. And they were going for like 300 bucks uh, on the uh, secondhand market. So I was like, well, I could like, you know, maybe build this or whatever. And then, of course, I spent a lot more money diving into like building this thing. And then that kind of just snowballed into building pedals. Gotcha. Okay. Now, when you started making these, um, you know, we, we have uh, the overwhelming majority of people that we have on that are building, especially pedals are like, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, what are some of the things, you know, we, we have a lot of builders, uh, of, of all stages, uh, that are listening, you know, home builders, musical people that like to just tinker and do all the things. And, and of course, loads of, uh, full-time builders like yourself. Um, what are, maybe what is one of the things that you would pass on as, um, advice, uh, you know, starting out advice or, or just some really cool trick that you're like, you know what, this thing is the, <laughs> this is the ticket. Uh, I mean, the internet exists. It is there for us to learn from and, Pretty much any question you have has probably been asked by someone else. Uh, it's not often that you find something that is a truly unique situation, uh, or at least not like applicable to what you're doing. Uh, so, googling that, there, there's a lot of resources online for that. There's like DIY stomp boxes. There's free stomp boxes. Uh, there's some subreddits for it that might be decent uh, depending on your how you lean. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's all out there, and there's dis- Discord channels as well, uh, Instagram, all that stuff. So basically, just like don't be afraid to reach out, ask people questions, uh, because they were all where you are or where I was, what have you, mm-hmm. um, at one point. So yeah. No. If, if if anyone's seen farther, it's because they've stood on the shoulders of giants. Is the the saying I think? Yes, it goes. I love that saying. Right? Yeah, and and it's so applicable in life. It's there for us. Um, let's talk about what are some of the choices that you've made in your pedals. You've got uh, four in your lineup currently, correct? Yeah, and I've got a few more I'm trying to get out in the next mm, six months or so. Okay. Uh, so I'm switching to this full time. Uh, they're all kind of centered around like uh, some like key components or key like blocks of circuits. Okay. Uh, but all of my stuff is done essentially with conventional like parts that you could like basically find decently like readily accessible, like uh, the Meadow Suite, which is a dimensional course it uses like four course lines uh that is based on the pt2399 uh delay chip it's like an echo delay chip uh not really meant for course but if you treat it right you can use it as such for like a like a higher longer course kind of thing okay uh but like all of that stuff is out there and so like basically what i'm trying to do is like try and find ways to 
either replicate or not even replicate, but like play along with uh, effects that are out there right now because like DSP is like a very big thing when it comes to pedals and like programming uh, microprocessors and like having things be just so and that, which is like incredible. And like, I love all the effects that people are doing with these. Like there's uh, a lot of uh, companies right now that do things that are like, you know, like that have like an analog, uh, Native, audio native audio does that like native yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. a lot of, like chase bliss does that as well um a lot of other places do too where it's like a uh analog audio path but like the digital like control of it all right to where it's like everything is like you know as you want it but the, you can do things that you normally couldn't do sure sure with it and my idea is to just try and find old chipsets or like ICs or things like that that can maybe do those things from back in the day and like applying them in novel ways to do such. Like I just recently found a way to do like a shimmer reverb, which is very much a like a DSP uh, process where it's like the the back of the reverb just like is an octave up so it gets an octave up and an octave up and an octave up as it feeds back mm-hmm. um and i found a chipset that i could do that actually does like pitch shifting in real time with no lag or things like that um which is i guess technically also dsp but it's from the 80s you know what i mean but it's like it's like a an, a 16 pin chip you can just like plug in mm-hmm. uh so i have a lot of fun and enjoyment in finding those things uh that may have been used for like one effects and then you can maybe like see like well if i can suss it out what can i do really do with it so Mm -hmm. now you're uh i'm getting kind of a vibe based on some of your pedal choices and even how you went into the specifically the you know the, the 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 first circuit where you're like whoa i really like this can i do it which was the the rat setting on the the line six pedal uh which is your sycamore pedal uh which is i think the one that jared got no i got the rowan okay we'll get to that in a second so (laughs) by sycamore by sycamore yeah so so i I, you know i'm I'm trying to paint a picture of like what can people expect from lantern as as sort of a a general entry Uh, you know most uh pedal builders kind of figure out a way like this is my island you know um sure and what i actually really like about that especially the story where you have the sycamore which is essentially that setting but just in a single pedal is that accurate yeah i mean that's yeah i mean that that was basically i was like why is this pedal like why does this sound so good figure out why it is and it's like okay how do i make this you know a single pedal instead of like the space of like three or four pedals that the DM4 would take up. Right, right. Um, yeah. Uh, well, um, so on, on the Sycamore, you've got a three band EQ, which I yep. think that is one thing. There's a obviously we all the the love for the rat is out there, and there are sure. so many variations, and that's okay. There's make as many variations as everybody wants because we'll still want them. Um, 
Uh, but I can't recall necessarily seeing a three-band EQ one. It's usually people stay with the cut because that's kind of like the rat thing. Um, so uh, this is very intriguing to me, and I don't, um, I don't know that I would have picked up on that without that story, which is really, you know, that kind of helps me into this. Sure. Um, I had seen a couple of boutique builders that were making rats with three band EQs. Um, but most of the time it was just like a rat with, uh, like clipping options or like the, right. the root, the roots mod or things like that, or roots, however you pronounce that. Um, but with this, it just seemed like it just opened it up so much more because like the rat itself just sounds, it's a great, it's a classic, again, classic sounding pedal right as as line six like labeled it on the dm4 it's this classic distortion it's a you know it's a rat right uh but the fact that you can just like you know adjust it a little more just really kind of just i don't know tailors it and then like with it you can do so much like there's like with the sycamore for example like if you were to kill like the distortion like turn the gain all the way down uh, volume all the way up. You can use it as like a three band active EQ, mm-hmm. but you can also just like tailor it just right. It's where you have like a very like low gain rat sound, which gives you a very, a very like Midwest, uh, emo Midwest, sure. you know, indie, whatever kind of sound where it's just like, it's a very tailored, uh, effect. It almost sounds like it's like an amp on the edge of breakup. And if you're playing like a solid state and you don't have like the fact that you can actually, you know, push the tubes into like breakup territory, that can be something useful. Yeah, for sure. I, I think one thing I also like, um, these are, you know, these are affordable pedals, but they, but not into the land of like, these are cheap pedals. They're not, they don't feel like it. They don't play like it. Um, but they are, they're not, uh, you know, they're accessible, accessibly priced. All right, Jared, you picked up a Rowan, if I'm not mistaken. I did. I got one of those. I listened to a demo online and I am in love with like, for instance, I'm, I'm an eighties kid, grew up in the early eighties. So VCRs. And I don't know if you, if anybody remembers the Viacom little jingle before or after a movie, um, and it has like Viacom. this deteriorating sound. Like I like uh, I like deterior- exactly like deteriorating audio on a VCR tape. And with that, that pedal, you can you can get a lot of sounds out of. So I have so far. It's a great flanger. You can as you can add like a fuzz to it. Um, if I'm not mistaken, right? That is a type of fuzz. Uh, it's the you mean the push one? Yeah, yeah, the push. Yeah, there's a but there's I, a, I don't, a knob for I don't push. Necess- oh, it's a push. I don't necessarily use that. I use I try to get that a nice clean uh, but when it just starts to, to deteriorate a little bit. Um uh, when I when I say deteriorate, it just kind of sounds flubby. And it yeah. it's you know what I mean? I, I just I love that sound. It reminds me of the 
of the early 80s uh, audio technology with videotape that has been recorded over and over and over and over again. So I, I, I don't know. I just love that sound. That pedal does it. Um, and when I got it, I, I ripped the thing open, plugged it in, and immediately turned on a couple of different YouTube videos and watched uh, where the dials went. And and it's really, really easy to use. All you have to do is cue into a video and just and listen to someone else use it if you don't want to try to find the, the thing yourself. Um, it, it's a lot of fun to use, and uh, I get a lot of use out of it. Cool. That's that's been my experience so far. Uh, can you enlighten us a little bit more about the Rowan? It's got a ton of uh, effects. So this isn't your average flander, flanger, Flanders. No. Oakley Doakley. <laughs> uh, this isn't your your typical Nothing flanger. Yeah. That's why I uh, like it. it. It it goes to me. And let me add this one more thing. It just. Sure. You can you can use the the knobs to just go beyond what a flanger does. That's what I love about it. Yes, yes. Yeah, and that's the the like the delayed chipset that's used in that uh, was meant for basically like coarse and above kind of things. But if you treat it just right, you can kind of get like some like flange sounds out of it. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like a high flanger in that respects. But it will do. All of that. So, so the idea with the flanger was I never really wanted to do a flanger and I was almost kind of dared to do it again by will from uh, dead air. Uh, I had like just picked up like BF two uh, from boss. It was, you know, uh, which didn't work. And now it does work, thankfully. Uh, but like, you know, like I, I like appreciated like the sound of like flange, like, you know, it had had its place. Uh, and so I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to try and put everything that you can get out of like any other flanger pedal within reason into it. Uh, so it has, it can do flange, it can do chorus, it can do kind of slapback echo sounds. It can do a reverb sound if you set it in the right parameters. Um, but you can also do inverted flanging. There's an invert knob to invert the, uh, modulated signal. And then there is a foot switch to uh, engage the like zero mode, I guess, which basically takes your dry signal and puts it through a delay that's in time with the modulated delay signal. So you basically have through zero flanging. So if you're inverted, you'll hear the like choppy, like cutting out sound of like actual like flanging and then if you don't you'll have like this super lush sound almost of like like tape flanging kind of if you will Mm. um but it also has like a a push knob on it which is actually funny enough a set gain rat style circuit uh that just like you can blend in because like flangers love harmonic content or they love like gain before them to give them like harmonic content to like filter through and out and so that's what gives you like those big like jet swoosh wavy sounds yeah is to have that kind of effect jared when we uh next time we connect i i I gotta try that one out because that one it's it sounds like a super super versatile not i shouldn't say a versatile pedal versatile pedal says i can do whatever i make it what i think it needs to do bring some time with you because it's it's a lot of fun and there's yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. 
on it. Um, but this feels like this is going to open up things that you may not expect that you even know you want to do. That's exactly right. I dig it. Uh, so, and in, it has been a delight learning about all of these pedals and your approach to things. Um, it's really fun. I think you've got some great pedals out there, and I encourage people to go check them out. Um, and you said you have a couple new ones that you're working yes. on. Yeah. Do you want um, to leak any of that information or just wait? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Okay. I'm happy to do so. Uh, so I've got a pedal called the Verbena that I've been working on uh, for a while, which the Verbena is going to be a reverb pedal. All of my pedals are named after plants or trees. The key to decode it is if it's a tree, it's a distortion style or like a gain uh, style like pedal. So like white oak, sycamore, rowan, which is in like the rowan is in the rose family, which all coarse esque pedals like the meadow sweet are in the rose family. So rowan is actually in the rose family. So is uh, apple, uh, peach, all of those things. Uh, so if it's a tree, it has some sort of like gain thing to it okay and then anything else will be uh, uh like modulation which will be something you find in the garden or something you can like forge so like the meadow suite again in the rose family like rose being coarse etc like you know adjacent mm-hmm. uh the verbena will be a reverb pedal uh which the name just makes sense uh but it is a reverb pedal that will have a shimmer that's really cool uh, yeah uh, and then the I have a phaser that's going to be like a 12 stage phaser called the Marigold that'll be coming out. That'll be like a family of pedals sold of Verbena. Uh, and then other than that, I've got another pedal called the Black Pine that I'm working on. So white Ooh. oak, black pine. Uh, rather than a dual fuzz, it'll be a dual like distortion style pedal. So it'll probably be like kind of closer to uh like higher gain uh, distortion that you can like blend between them. That's all very, very intriguing. And I love, see, now you're opening up the story for us a little bit more, which I love. Yeah. That That's great. Yeah. Um, well, very cool. Uh, we will be looking for those. And do you have a newsletter that people can jump in on or anything like that? Not at the moment. I need to get on that, actually. Uh, I need to do that, and I need to do, like, a mailing list. Uh, so but, hopefully, Yeah, I guess that's what I meant, Mail, more of exactly, a mailing yeah. so list. Exactly, yeah. So hopefully in the next week or so I'll be putting something like that together. I've been Great. putting it off, and I need to just do it. So. Well, let's say, for instance, this will be out at that time. So go sign up for the mailing list, everybody, and you can get the news for that. Um, all right. Well, we are going to uh, fire up the old El Camino, uh, Tony. And uh, hey, nice, yeah, a little uh, water in the carbon. I think there's some carbon, yeah, carbon in there, some carbon in the carbon. Gotta blow out the carbon on the the highway. All right, we're gonna swing by and pick up Jared, but but we got a little bit of a detour because we're swinging over to Lantern, uh, because he has the good stuff for us. And let me uh, let me start him out, yes, go ahead, Jared. Ladies and gentlemen, this part of the show is near and dear to my heart because I get to sing a little ditty that goes like this. Ditty. Would you Perfect. Little bitchy dog. Yeah. 
All right. What are you gonna Thank do? you, Jim Neighbors. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Andon, you've got our Would You Rather today. Go ahead and hit us with it. I think if this has been done before, we can do a clap out on this thing. Okay. Uh, but so picture your dream guitar, whatever it happens to be, whoever's playing it, whatever you've seen, that's the guitar you've wanted forever. And then picture your guitar instrument, bass, if you're playing bass, what have you, uh, that you just hate. Just looks terrible. There's no headstock dignity to it. Like, it just doesn't look good. Uh, picture those two guitars. Okay. You're, you can have your dream guitar, but it plays terribly. Like, it'll stay in tune for a song or so, and then it just falls out of tune. The intonation's off. Action's not good. You know, it's scratchy pots, all of that. Uh, so you get a choice of that, uh-huh. and you can only play that, or a guitar style like body that you just hate. Maybe you're not a fan of BC Rich. Maybe you're not a fan of Telecasters. Whatever, whatever it happens to be, whatever the instrument that you don't like playing, you have that choice. But it just is perfectly in tune. Never break a string, plays beautifully every time. So, dream guitar, but it plays terribly, or your most hated guitar or instrument. Uh, for the biggest gig of your life. For Yeah, or for, yeah, even for the biggest gig of your life. Uh, but it plays like a dream. All right. I think that's doable. Consensus, judges? All, all in favor, say aye. Aye, aye, aye. aye. Okay. Tanya Bolonsky is going to lead us off with this one. So give it to us. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Well, I would say having a guitar that plays really well in tune, doesn't go out of tune, is intonated properly, doesn't hurt your fingers when you play it. It's probably more important than having a dream instrument. Hmm. So I think that's what I'm going to go with. And my least favorite guitar of all time is a Gretsch TK300. <laughs> Pull it up. Look this up. Pull Gretsch it up. Gretsch TK300. That sounds awful. Yeah, that's ugly. Oh, it's ugly. Look at the headstock. I don't understand people liking I'm tr- those. I'm trying to here, give me. Let me look. It literally thing. looks like a just a messed up hockey stick. It's yeah. You you could probably that play. Is an, that is a, a that is a disgusting <laughs> guitar. I mean, it just it makes that the, oh, even the pick yeah. art, It makes yeah. absolutely no sense. Yeah, yeah. that but, looks like an old like Tysco. Tesco, however you pronounce it, that just like warped. And we melted. have determined it's Tesco, yes, like Seiko. Like Seiko. It, it is Tesco. Okay. <laughs> now this goes back to a discussion that we talk about a decent amount on this uh, bottom trading forum. I was talking about uh, where like a guitar may look cool, but if the headstock sucks, it just has no like dignity to it. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, the body's great, but it has no headstock. Like dignity. the Burns and, guitars. Exactly, and this is like a this is something with zero headstock dude. Yeah, I, I also have an issue with PRS guitars. That headstock, I've owned several PRSs, and the headstock, I I can't I can't take it. Hmm. I um, had for a while. I had a Schecter Diamond Series something or whatever. Because again, being left-handed, you can only get what you can get. Right. 
looked terrible, played like a damn dream, though. <laughs> it was incredible. It was the best playing guitar I think I've ever owned. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. I'm. That's what I'm going to go with. I think that TK that, 300. That's TK wild. 300. It's 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 All it's right. Gretsch's grossest guitars. Uh, All right. And that's uh. And as long as it plays well, hey, I'll make it work. Perfect. All right. Uh, let's see here. Go to Jared. Jared. I'm trying to figure out what guitar I really don't like. It's not easy because I. This is super difficult. What about an Ovation Breadwinner? <laughs> Those are actually nice guitars. Yeah, okay. I got a nice. I got, my dad has an Ovation that I have now because he's gone. So I, I like those guitars too. I don't know what to do. I, I guess. Uh, How about a BC I guess Rich? To pick one. What's that? What's the finish on the, on the fenders that, looks like old crack paint in it? Oh. Yeah, we uh, talked about it like six oh years ago. It's just totally blank green or cream color. And oh, Antigua, Antigua, Antigua. Yeah, so that would be. I I like Fender. I, I I love Fender. I mean, don't get me wrong, but it would be. But you like Gibson better. I'm more of a Gibson guy, <laughs> but I love my Fenders. I really Fair love enough. my Fenders. And, and whether I worked at Gibson or not, which I do, okay. if you would have asked, I would have said the exact same thing. Okay. It's okay. established. You're fine. So, so which which be, which model of the Antigua? Uh, yeah, so a Jaguar. Okay. Uh, Antigua. Because they, they you just don't get enough oomph out of the bridge in those, in my opinion. But if it played super well, I I would probably just have to go with that because, you know, if it's set up good, it's set up good. That's just the way it is. And that's what you would want to play at a gig or else people are going to remember how terrible you sounded. <laughs> well, there you go. Ta-da. All right. So you're going to have a good playing Antigua Fender. Yeah. I dig it. Okay. I don't know if they made Jaguars. Maybe did not come in Antigua, but Jazzmasters probably did. Okay, well, so. some sort of Fender that just doesn't have enough oomph in the bridge with Antigua on it. Okay, how about I? I know it would be great. A short scale Mustang for Jared in Antigua. That's even better. <laughs> what would I do without Chabon? That's what we're going with. Okay. Yeah. There's a style of Fender offset that is like it's a. It's not a tornado. I Maybe mean, it's like a tornado or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's it's in that family. Tornado, uh, um, tornado. Yeah, exactly. It almost <laughs> looks like it almost looks like that Gretsch TK three hundred we're talking about, where it's just like it's almost too offset, and it just does it like nothing just makes sense on it. Yeah. But Antigua, I do know, is actually the finish of the base uh, for the bassist of Jawbreaker, uh, Chris Bauermeister. Ah. He had an Antigua bass from Fender, so. There you go. Sorry, pal. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, Andon, so what is your choice? I'm going to go, again, being left-handed and taking what I can get, I'm going to go with the guitar that looks terrible and plays great because I have at one point owned a PB Tracer that I bought for like $250 that played incredibly yeah. with like a Floyd Rose like bridge. All I that, actually all like those. That no. like you can actually like and no, the thing is I don't hate that but what I'm saying is like you know like if you're going into that area uh, 
Yeah. Those I, were American made, I think, weren't they? Yeah. 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 They were solid. The heavy metal y type. Yeah. yeah. And you had to like tune on the actual like bridge because you'd tune up and then like they'd lock it in and then you'd micro adjust. Yeah. Okay. Good choice. All right. Uh, what about Totsky? Well, Strat? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the one that I wouldn't want, especially is... Todd, don't you want the rainbow of tone? Yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I want the, uh, I believe it's the Strat. The Strat. The that's Strat with the lock. I think it just says Strat on the, 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 the printed Strat head yeah, on with the headstock. Yeah, well, it, with a locking nut. Well, the, of course you get, you know, of course you all that, that terrible stuff. Yes. So that would play <laughs> beautifully, like, you know... David Gilmore himself would would kiss that one good night mm-hmm. before he goes I to bed. I have it. I have two of them. Yeah. Well, uh, that's good. Uh, and in in its place, oh, I'm going to okay. take an old basement find, um, an old uh, Gibson Les Paul Jr. and and it's gonna it's probably gonna have a slightly warped neck. It's going to have, well, this, this one does. Tony's shaking his head. I'm just trying to make it sound beat up. Okay. You know, uh, it's going to have so, scratchy, scratchy up, pots. Strings. Gonna, no, big, big I'll, baseball, I'll put nice strings on it. Big baseball yeah. bat neck. It's going to be unruly, but I'll be able to rock it. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I knew you were going to do that. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't you really rather have a Strat? No. Uh, anyways, that was a, that was a fun one. Thank you so much. Uh, and I appreciate you coming through with the, would you rather we need yeah. to say a great big thank you to a handful of people. Oh yes, we do Todd, because at this point of the show, we love to thank a special group of people. These are our executive producers. Now, That's right. An executive producer makes this show possible. How do you become one? You head over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and check out a couple different levels in which you can participate become a sponsor a patron a hero of the podcast each level comes with some very nice thank you gifts but as an executive producer there's one thing more i'm wondering if jared knows what that is you get to have your name read on the thing your name read on the thing so that's what i'm going to do right now so special thanks to these executive producers Moon Guitars, Vader and Pedals, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mac D, Richard Kendall, Mark Garten, James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Gemalero, Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterley, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Tom Brazen, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk, Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hemmer, Stuart George, Michael Furman, James Bell, James Romer, Cameron Pampas, David Tyndall, Trevor Ellenberg, and Christopher Logan. Right on. But wait, Todd, there's more. Because there's more. we have a special, special group of executive producers. We call them our grand poobas. That's right. Uh, and we have we're gonna we're gonna name one of our grand poobas an Uber Pooba. An Uber Pooba. <laughs> an Uber Pooba. <laughs> yeah. So special, special, special thanks to these grand poobas: Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igareda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wound Pickups, Hex Matos, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian. Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, 
LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. David Poe, Billy Spitfire Unlimited, Congregation Gear Demos, Paul Van Eppinger, Vaughn Eppinger, not Van Eppinger. Right. And we keep wanting to say Van Halen. Paul yeah, Vaughn. German, not Dutch. Yeah. Uh, Scott Sullivan, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups, Matt Hart, Enrico Fernando, and our Uber Pooba. Michio Murakishi. Michio coming Woo! in hot this week. Woo! All right. Uh, thank you guys so much. Um, your, as we always say, your contributions keep this moving. And uh, we would encourage you, if you've been thinking about becoming part of this illustrious list, we would love to have you. Um, and great gifts. Uh, ahoy. So we have more things we're going to be uh, giving away uh, oh, yeah. very soon. And... Um, yeah, it's please do. I'll just say that. Uh, now, let's see. Andon, we need to uh, let people know where they can go get these wonderful pedals of yours. Uh, you can find them online at Lantern MFG, as in MFG, short for manufacturing, uh, dot com. So lanternmfg.com or on Instagram at Lantern Manufacturing. Fantastic. Tony, how about yourself? Head over to PickGuardian.com. Check out some of the wares I have available. But by and large, what I do is custom work. So shoot me an email. Let me know what you need, and I will take good care of you. Fantastic. Make that guitar actually yours. Yes. Jared? Send me a message. Ask me questions or just talk about your favorite guitars. Jared.Allen.Brandon on Instagram. All right. You can shoot me an email, ToddAtTheGuitarKnobs.com, or DM me, which is probably a better way to do it uh, on Instagram. And we would love to hear from you. Give us your would you rathers, share the thoughts that you have on our recent episodes. And um, also uh, please go check out the Valentinos. We have, we're about to drop more music um, and we're hot, hot, very hot, very hot. Yeah, moving and shaking. Especially in Australia. Yeah, and you can get it anywhere that you can stream the stuff. And also, go get yourself a stomper. If you've got yourself an HX stomp, protect yeah, yeah. those knobs protect and them. get a stomper. Go to flinteffects.com. All right, and then we need to say a ginormous thank you for joining us on our show tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, everybody go check Lantern Manufacturing out and have a fantastic week and subscribe! Yeah. yeah. Ah. Have you ever heard of a persimmon tree? Oh, I love persimmons, yeah. <laughs> so I, I had a persimmon tree. Do it long enough, you, you can only keep up with your body so much and then it starts to kind of fight you. Yeah, I experienced that with my early Jazzercise video career. Oh, yeah? Oh, I love persimmons. Well, Tony decided to join us. Howdy. He was waxing, hey, hey. waxing his thighs. <laughs> a persimmon tree. And I think it was kind of like modeled off of the, the oh, there's Jared. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Two persimmon trees. Oh, yeah, it's technology on my Bluetooth, like not working. No, boogie, boogie. Persimmon tree or 
Hell that yeah. is that is my Mellotron. You got nice. a you got a Mellotron. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Yes. Polanski? That was that was yes. a fairly lame the, the, introduction. Okay. I'll let me do that again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got a persimmon tree in my front yard and lightning hit it. Oh, I mean you should talk through it. <laughs> yeah. No, he'll right. just put it in his mouth. <laughs> That's a melodica. <laughs> it doesn't taste like a melotron. <laughs> persimmon. You know what? I need to make bass. Pe- I needed to make ba- uh, pedals. The, 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 hang on. Until yeah, it's like not the one with the pointy bottom. Another persimmon tree. Going to try to make some jam. Because they <laughs> are golf balls. That's yeah. all they are. Persimmon tree. We get. Was these. this before your jazzercise career? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh. Persimmon tree. Hey, how about a nice Hawaiian punch? Banana okay. quick was the good stuff. Those persimmons? No, Texas has a T in it. Okay. Yeah, and so does Tennessee. <laughs> These giant persimmons. And I was like, oh my God, they know where I am. They're going to come get me. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Persimmons. These yahoos like to run away with a spoon. Hey, who are you calling a yahoo? You. Who? <laughs> the persimmons. Do y'all use a separate uh, clipper yeah. set for your toenails and your fingernails, or do you just do uh, one for both? I figure Tony uses tin snips. Persimmon tree, I'll... <laughs> like Jughead. It was Yeah, not, like Jughead. No, 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 no. Yes. No. Oh, hell yeah. Two persimmon trees. Oh, we're still talking about trees? It was very, very <laughs> nice to figure that out. Number five, the lodge. Yes. What a... <laughs> and away we go. Well, that's it for these knobs please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.